This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's real simple, you know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. Bear down, baby. That's it. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Haw and Dan Weeder. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Haw from 670 The Score. Dan Weeder is from the Chicago Tribune. We are both at Soldier Field in the aftermath of a 38 to 20 embarrassment, the Packers over the Bears. Everybody watched, probably had the same reaction. If you haven't thrown up enough yet, let us uh, talk about what our reaction was to the game. We had to file stories, we are still here. But Dan, how do you begin to put that one into perspective? I think overall, there are a range of emotions. I think it begins with just, for me, overall sense of disappointment. Yeah, no, there's no better word than that because you had the buildup. You had the optimism. You had months of runway leading us to the season opener. You had a perfect fall afternoon at Soldier Field. You had your rival in town. You had Bears alumni weekend to bring a lot of the old legends back to watch you play. And then after halftime, you completely laid an egg. Jalen Johnson said it best in the locker room, David, after the game. He said it felt like they whooped our asses in the second half. And I will not dispute that because the Packers came in here and whooped their asses in the second half. And the final score is 38 to 20. And it's nothing short of disappointing. I think the one thing that in most games and also offseason, we have broken down practices, preseason games, snaps, OTAs. We have parsed. Uh, press conferences, responses at people's lockers. And I think this one, to me, the details really don't matter. The score, the statistical analysis, you know, the the isolated highlight here or there, the 20-yard touchdown to Darna Mooney. Overall, what's most troubling to me and maybe most disappointing is that this Bears team wasn't ready to play. The Packers were. In the NFL, that gets exposed. And I know it was just a season opener, but coming on the heels of a 14-loss season that was historically bad, the Bears were the last team in the league, literally and in every way, that had any reason to show up on the opening game of the next season and be as shoddy and sloppy as they were. Yeah, the details were lacking, and they were lacking all afternoon. And, and you know, I said uh, to Brad Biggs and Colleen Kane in the first half that they were making a bunch of little mistakes early that are the kind of mistakes that get you beat in a close game. Well, then in the second half, they made the big mistakes that get you blown out of the building. And that's what's so disappointing is the details were just not there all afternoon. We can point to penalties and say, oh, that was a, a big thing for the offense. Well, they only finished the day with seven penalties for 61 yards. It's not acceptable, but the Packers had nine for, for 90 and kept giving them breaks and, and gifts and personal foul calls that should have given you momentum or an opportunity to get yourself back in a football game, and yet you just had no answers for anything. I mean, there are a handful of plays, David, that uh, obviously we can review tonight, we can review again tomorrow that just stand out, but none to me was more significant than when you were in a 17-6 to game 
and you've got them in fourth and three, and Matt LaFleur opts not to try a 53-yard field goal uh, with his rookie kicker and puts the uh, the game in the hands of his, his young, inexperienced quarterback and his offense – and then Jordan Love just throws a very basic arrow route to Aaron Jones, who beats TJ Edwards badly and races 35 yards on touch to the end zone. And it was just like, okay, you're not going to step up and meet that moment. What moment are you going to meet? And they didn't meet many of them today. And it's why they walk out of here, uh, really walking out of that locker room in a way where it, it, it felt dispirited in there, David. It really did. I think that's a good one to look at. I mean, if we're, there's so many maybe to choose from. Uh, the other one for me was the first drive of the third quarter after making halftime adjustments or seeing something maybe in the Green Bay side that they wanted to try. And uh, four or five plays into the third quarter, they run a throwback screen to Aaron yep. Jones. They must have seen something about somebody leaning a certain way or some tendency, or maybe it was just a play that they wanted to get to in the first half and couldn't. But Matt LaFleur drew it up. We talked all off season in this training camp about – uh, how now he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. We're going to find out how good of a schemer he can be. And we did. And that throwback screen, Aaron Jones took 51 yards and set up his short touchdown run. And to me, you know, it, it was more of an, it was evidence of coaching, frankly, something you didn't see on the bear side. Yeah, no. And that play was blocked up well. And, and, you know, we, we go all the way back to, to the start of the game you know, the Packers take the lead for good early in the, the, the game because the bears failed to convert third in one. And then they failed to convert fourth and one. You know, there's a, a an opportunity to try and sneak Cole Komet. It goes nowhere. There's an opportunity to sneak Justin Fields. It goes nowhere. All of a sudden, you've given uh, the Packers possession uh, in plus territory to start the game. They go down uh, and, and they get themselves something out of it. And you never got back on top. Now, look, it was seven to six toward the end of the first half. You're still in a game. You're still in a game at halftime. You just got to find a way to dig deep and get it. You and I talked all last week about – areas where they needed to improve one of the things we talked about was justin fields being better in the fourth quarter well what happens he he throws an interception you know six of them a year ago his first one in 2023 comes in the opener on a pass into cover two over the middle where it looked like quay walker was in individual drills you know it was just like oh hey the ball's right here it's i'm gonna break on it gone pick six game over you know and and, man like those are the mistakes that we were promised weren't going to happen with the quarterback in season three and an offense that he understood Decisions late, the throw goes the wrong place. Justin owns it after the game and says, look, I probably need to either throw it to DJ uh, more down the sideline and, and make that a, a him or nobody throw or even check it down to Roshan Johnson or Cole Komet. He didn't either. He threw it over the middle to Mooney into a window that closed on him, and then the window closed on the Bears, and it was uh, a funeral for the rest of the afternoon here. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Back to the penalties. I know there were only seven of them, but I think, Dan, what stood out was that there were false starts on successive plays in the same series that 
put the Bears in a very difficult spot back when the game was close. I also think that that came, those mistakes came on the heels of what I feel like was a boneheaded call on third and one. You've got the opening drive of uh, of the season, and you've got an opportunity to make a statement. You spend all offseason long. What are we going to do in our first third and one? What are we going to do in our first short yard situation? I'm sure they had seminars over that. You you bring in all sorts of brain power. Oh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run our tight end in motion. We're going to put him under center. We're going to take our best player out of the mix, and we're going to have him take a snap and try to get a tough yard against Kenny Clark. Let's do that, guys. Who does that? To me, no, I mean, Matt Nagy does that. And Matt Nagy did that, you know, last week during his time with the Bears. And it just, I, yeah, that one, that one wasn't great. I mean, look, like they'll have reasons for it. And they'll say that, you know, obviously it's something that the Eagles did successfully for a while last year. And there's a, a lot of different variations of, of what you're doing there. But to your point, you've got one of the most dynamic runners in the NFL that can do something for you. You also have a back in Deontay Foreman who was signed specifically to get you tough yardage, right. a big bruiser that you just hand it to and you plow straight ahead. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, bad day for the offensive line. Four of those penalties were against Braxton Jones. You know, you, you're, you're, we've asked that guy to, to you, you know, be judged in 2023 as a starting left tackle rather than a fifth-round pick out of Southern Utah. And, uh, you know, it just didn't, match up today you know they they were just lacking dj moore catches back-to-back balls in the second quarter on the drive 46 other passing plays the bears ran during the game the ball never came his way again uh it's it's hard to stomach chase claypool non-existent today you know so so they've got a lot to clean up i i I wrote at chicagotribune.com david that you know as as gross as that 2019 loss was in the 100th season this one feels like it's going to be harder to get back up from because of everything that we thought that this team was going to be and then what they showed in the opener. Now, look, we've both been around long enough to understand there's 17 more weeks, 16 more games. This hopefully is a one-off. But, man, it, it just feels like this is going to be a tougher cleanup process than most. Well, I don't disagree with that. And on 670thescore.com, I wrote that on overreaction Monday, my overreaction might be to wonder, are the Bears the worst team in the NFL again? <laughs> because that is an overreaction maybe to what we saw but it's not an unreasonable one based on what we saw. This is a bad football team that wasn't ready to play. Makes me think, rethink all, all about preseason and their approach. They weren't ready because they didn't have game actions, any simulation. Braxton Jones, things were happening very fast, too fast for him. I don't know close enough how Nate Davis played. That offensive line was not strong, and Justin Fields wasn't necessarily sharp. He wasn't necessarily bad. He was okay. But here's the other thing, Dan, and I think this is a bigger picture thing that will be worth examining on the pod, on the radio, in print. When we talk about Justin Fields' next step, it's got to be as a downfield passer. Everyone talks about the same thing. Yeah. The Bears are telling us that they don't believe that he's capable uh, of being that guy because they they, they called the game like he was a game manager. Like they're passing a way too horizontal than it was vertical. And even if they were caught, they weren't taking shots down the field or giving this kid – this quarterback a chance to 
make those plays. Well, with a little bit of context there, I will say that they, they just got themselves behind the chains too often. I, I, I went through the game book and it was on seven of 12 possessions that they wound up behind the chains at some point. So you're facing first and 20. It is second and 17. It's third and 14. It's, you know, you, you just keep getting yourself in these situations where, like Cole Komet said, you know, we had some good plays. We picked up eight yards, but we just went from second and 20 to third and 12. So it doesn't feel good, you know, because you're, you're, you're constantly trying to make up for the messes you already caused. That was part of today, you know, where they, they just I think they got out of rhythm because they got behind the sticks and you, you lose some of the options to call some stuff. The other part about this is like you see in Justin some of the um, criticisms that have been league wide now for more than a year where there's just it's not there. He's not seeing it fast enough. The anticipatory throws aren't there. He tucked and ran seven times today, you know, and, and we want to see less and less of that because we want either one for you to rip one of your first couple reads, or if you're going to kind of move around the pocket, keep your eyes downfield and make one of those down downfield throws, get in a scramble drill, use those gifts to create plays in the passing game. There was none of that created today in the passing game. Justin just tucked and ran. And I think what he wind up with 59 rushing yards today. It's, 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 it's one of those, like, look like we know you have that, you know, like it, it but it, it results in what it results in today. The offense never gets going. The, the fluidity isn't there. The other one that, that bothered me was the, the sack that Lucas Van Ness had on him early in the game where you're now inside the red zone. You've got to make sure that you give yourself every opportunity to get in the end zone there. And you take a seven yard loss that then puts you back at the 11 yard line instead of the four yard line. That ball's got to go up in the second row of the seats and you've got to have a short yardage play on third down that helps you, helps you get in the end zone. There, there are mistakes that are repeated mistakes from a year ago that shouldn't be repeated mistakes and it's going to get really ugly in the city really quickly if they can't get all of that wrapped up cleaned up short up really quickly that van ness sack was one of the bigger plays early on because they were a chance to score a touchdown there they had to settle for a field goal if they get a touchdown maybe the game's called differently maybe the impact is differently and maybe the context is differently although you bring up context not interested in context tonight. Not interested in context yeah. after this game. No I mean, this, problem. Game was, this game destroyed any kind of context because you want to be fair, but the reaction is like almost visceral. Are you kidding me? We're going to have to sit through another season like that? I mean, come on, year two, year two of a coach that stresses the hits principle, discipline, tackling, fundamental takeaways, all these things. I, I, I wanted to see something that you know it when you see it and you see those things about teams that are well coached and today from the bears i think that i'm most disappointed in not seeing that based on what i thought was going to happen well by the way your next opponent went on the road to minnesota today and got a win you know the buccaneers looked better than we thought they'd look and again it's week one we're not going to overreact to everything but but you have to be sharp with the talent and the depth that you have on this roster you have to be sharp to have any chance uh, of winning these football games. I, I had a stat uh, where there was all this celebration in 2022. Oh, the Bears played so many close games. There were so many one-score games. Well, David, they lost six games a year ago by 16 points or more. There were five entire divisions that had fewer losses by 16 points or more than the six that the Bears had a year ago. So it's a little bit of a myth that they're always competitive. They're always right in it. And today was another example. You got blown out of your own building by your rival, and you have to wear that. you got to wear that. Again, inside the building tomorrow, they got to get they got to get past this as quick as possible. They got to get a shovel out, bury this thing, ne never talk about it again. But man, like right now, you've got to wear it because you came out uh, on the on the stage. You know, there's a bit of a stage today with the 325 start, and you know the Packers in town to 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 really show what you were in 2023 and the, and the opening act. You know, people headed for the exits. The fourth quarter here, 
the, these stands behind me were were three quarters empty. And because people in Chicago don't expect the Bears to not be able to match the Packers in terms of intensity and physicality for a team that was playing for the first time in 30 years without a Hall of Fame quarterback. Well, that's it. Jordan Love was good. He wasn't great. Uh, He was fine. He was fine. He didn't do anything to make you fear the next decade. I mean, the Packers were fine, and that, that, I think that's what's most disappointing. Yeah. Is this, this was a, this is clearly a middle of the road Packers team, a team that's going to be like an eight or nine win team here, and 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 they they just they 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 whooped your asses. To, to use okay, this is what this is how bad it was. We were going to give away game balls every week. We're going to give away game balls. There are no game balls to give away. Adam Sadzinski made an executive producer decision. Stud says no game balls, so I am with no game balls because if there is an optimism that could be left to found in this one, he would find it, and he can't find any. There's no game balls. What like, What are we giving a game ball away to, to who today? Roshan Johnson getting his first NFL touchdown and looking like he's the only guy on the field that cares to be there? Unique Ngakwe had a sack. That's Unique something. Ngakwe had a sack <laughs> six seconds into a play on a stunt. Good for him. Great job, man. You you stuck with the play. Like the whole the whole thing is just such a mess right now. As you guys have been saying for the whole the whole pod, clean it up. This is like this this is terrible. It, as you guys just said, this Packers team is mid. This is a beatable Packers team. They're so Jordan mid. Love, Jordan Love was fine. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah, fine. He's gonna be he, on another team in three years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, there's no there's He'll no. Make a great rate of quarterback one day. Like, like last year, last year in week 15, when they're in the midst of an eight game at that point losing streak, yeah, we can give away a game ball, a sympathy game ball. Like th- this is a more serious team now. This team has to be more serious than this. Yep. This is a this is a BS game. You can't lose by 24 points in your own building to that team. For those watching on on YouTube, Studs is auditioning for the Pat McAfee show. He's got <laughs> he's got no sleeves, and he's got he's got a lot of passion in his voice tonight, which we love. Sorry about that. It's my Sunday. It's my Sunday get up, you know? <laughs> it's okay. All right. So no game balls this week. We're going to kind of wrap things up because there's not a whole lot to talk about. We have the three-word assessments that Dan solicited on uh, Twitter. And he, uh, as usual, the Take the North crew and the Chicago Tribune readership crew came through. David, they never disappoint. These are always really good. And so I'm going to scroll through here and read you a bunch. Our friend Michelle Steele from ESPN gives us under new ownership which I like because Aaron Rodgers isn't here to own the Bears anymore. Jordan Love came in and did it by being mid. Uh, we have one here from at BC Haven Paul. He says, nothing has changed. I think that's a common sentiment amongst Bears fans who are hoping to see something different today and were sorely disappointed to see what was there. At Rich Prusha gives us, we still suck. I think that's another prevailing emotion of Chicago. You're going to hear it from callers, David, on the score oh, on, mon- on Monday morning. It's going to be crazy. Uh, at Brother Dave US gives us completely overmatched. He made overmatched two words, which we'll, we'll accept. Ding, ding, ding. We, we'll, we'll take that now. He also gave an alternative time for Bajent. Uh oh. We're only on the Sunday of week one and we got our first time for Bajent call. No, no. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, this one is from at Ocean View Gal. She says, Is Cutler available? You can probably answer that better than I can. Jay looked pretty good on inside the NFL. Looked like very sharp, like he's lost some weight. Uh, at Bear Down Hawkeye gives us Tressman era flashbacks. Oh, God. You you want to say, oh, God, no. That's one where you say, please, no. Please, no. Don't let it there. Brandon Marshall was here today. He was in, introduced at halftime. I had a flashback when he, that happened. Mal the Sports Gal says, uh, it gets old. 
I think that speaks for most of Chicago also. There are guys in that locker room that haven't beaten the Packers in forever. Again, we won't go back to 2018, the last time the Bears won a game in this rivalry. That's too long. A couple more here. Uh, Mark Provenzano, positively Nagy-like. He felt the disappointment of this one in that way. Um, and then there's a, there's a few calls for firings in here. And then Western at Western Phil gives us throw to DJ. We spent months talking about the Justin Fields to DJ Moore connection. And like I said, we saw it on back-to-back plays in the second quarter on a field goal drive. And that was it. I understand the Packers rolled coverage his way. I understand they're going to pay a lot of attention. And guys like Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool and Robert Tunyon and Cole Komet are going to have to make teams pay for paying too much attention to DJ Moore. They didn't today. And that's problematic as well because that is a guy that you traded the number one pick away uh, to get draft picks and a playmaker that could help you now. And he didn't really help you much in the season opener outside of those two plays. Flus flops badly. I, I don't want to be that guy. But when you have such a complete and total breakdown and you have a team that is so clearly not prepared and they weren't able to meet the intensity and physicality of the rivals they haven't beat now for nine straight times, that falls at the feet of the head coach. That's where it starts, not where it ends, but that's where I put it. I went with oof. Whoa. Yikes. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's all I, all I could muster today because it was that kind of ugly uh, here at Soldier Field. And, and man, it's going to be a, a really interesting week up there to kind of to feel them, try to, to try to put this one behind them and minimize what happened today because you have no other choice but to try to, to pretend that this wasn't who you are and go out next week in Tampa and prove that this isn't who you are because that's the only way to prove it. Okay, let's wrap it up, Dan. So we're going to be back early this week with another pod to look ahead at the Buccaneers to recap this one in more detail. This is just a reaction thing. You can get it on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we will be back on 670 Scores' YouTube page. You can watch us. Anything else before we get out of here? I don't think so. I don't. I don't want to bring our audience down more than we've already brought them down, more than the Bears already brought them down. So we'll uh, we'll flip the page, and like you said, we'll uh, we'll be back at it in week two, uh, and we'll 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 do some looking ahead as we try to put this thing. Like I said, get the shovel out, bury it, put as much dirt on it, and and never never dig it up ever again. For Adam Sazinski, our producer, Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune. I'm David Haw. That's from 6-7 to score. We're at Soldier Field. We're leaving now. Uh, The Bears never showed up. And we will talk to you later this week on the Take the North podcast. Thanks for listening. Great talk. See you out there.